Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm not a very good cleaner. In fact, I don't really like to clean at all. I try to avoid it. But every now and then, a time comes when I do have to clean. And when that time comes, I like to resort to a a handy method. I call it the closet method. (laughs) This method comes particularly in handy when you are supposed to clean, let's say, for instance, all morning. And now it's nearly noon and your wife is on her way home. Uh, Or maybe your parents are coming to check on your work. And so, what do you do? The closet method. You take all those messes scattered around the house and you just chuck them into the closet. And you're good to go, right? The place looks great. No one will know. As long as they don't open up the closet. (laughs) All right, I'm just kidding. I don't actually use the closet method. At least not most of the time. But isn't that how we tend to deal with and handle all sorts of things in life, right? Just shove them into the closet, into some space unseen, so that we don't have to deal with them. Messy toys around the house? Just throw them in the closet. Messy sheets on the bed? Just spread the comforter out over the top of them. Deal with those messy sheets later. Or if someone asks you, hey, how's it going? Just answer, good. And you don't have to get into the messy details of how you might actually be doing. I think we might operate this way, too, when it comes to our sin. Instead of acknowledging it, we like to cover it up or block it out of our minds, not not really dwell on it. We don't want to deal with our sin. We, We choose the closet method. At least that's what Joseph's brothers did with their sin. You remember these guys. We've been tracking with them now for the last several weeks. And uh, eight chapters ago, we hit chapter 45 today, but eight chapters ago in chapter 37, we learned about the brothers' sin. That day with Joseph when they sold him into slavery in Egypt. Ever since then, the brothers have tried to to cover that up. Didn't want to live with it. They convinced their father that uh, Joseph had just been attacked by an animal and killed. They didn't want to own up to what they had done. They preferred it hidden in the closet, covered. But over the last few weeks, In this story of Genesis, in the story of these brothers, that secret sin of theirs keeps creeping back up. The mess in the closet has been piling up, and now it's it's starting to push the door open. Take, for instance, the brothers' first trip to the land of Egypt. That happened two years before the reading that we heard today. So two years before our reading today, the brothers, minus Benjamin, they traveled to Egypt to secure food during this time of famine. And Joseph, though they don't know it's Joseph, sends them back with food 
at no cost. But Joseph really wanted to see his brother Benjamin. And so he comes up with a plan. He tells the brothers that one of them is going to have to stay behind. He says, Simeon is going to stay with me here in Egypt until you bring your brother Benjamin so that I can see him. Well, now this creates a pretty big mess for the brothers because they know that there's no way they can bring Benjamin to Egypt. Their dad's not going to allow it because their dad remembers what happened the last time these brothers were off with one of the sons of Rachel, Benjamin's brother, Joseph. Their dad remembers all too vividly how 22 years before now, Joseph had gone missing. That mess, that mess that the brothers had created, and now it's because of that mess that they can't bring Benjamin to Egypt. But Simeon's stuck in Egypt. He's trapped. He's in prison. And it's all because of that mess that they can't get Simeon out of prison. And that's what they say in the text even. They say, this is why this distress has come upon us. Because of that mess. To make matters worse, when the brothers return home from that first trip to Egypt, they find the money that Joseph had put back in their sacks after giving them the bread. See, they didn't realize that Joseph had put that money back. And so now they think that they've robbed Pharaoh. How can they go back to Egypt now? And it says in the text that their hearts failed them. And they turned trembling to one another, saying, what is this that God has done to us? Their mess is getting messier. And they feel as though God himself is punishing them for this mess. That God is punishing them for what they did to Joseph. So they come up with a plan. They're going to go get their brother Simeon. They're going to go back to Egypt. They convince their father to let them bring Benjamin. And they bring double the money this time. And they bring extra gifts to give to Joseph. They're going to make up for their mistakes. They're going to set things right. They can cover this. Or so they think. But before long, as we heard in our reading for today, they're standing face to face with the very thing that they've been trying to cover all these years. Joseph. That secret sin of theirs, staring them right in the face. And the brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed at his presence. They were dismayed. That word dismayed shows up in the Bible when death is imminent. When people are fearing for their lives, either from armies about to destroy them or from God himself. These brothers are dismayed. They can't bear to look into the face of Joseph, to the face of their sin. It's killing them that their mess has been uncovered. What about you? What messes do you have that you've been trying to keep 
covered up. What is it that you've been living with for so long, keeping it concealed under the surface? That secret sin you try desperately not to think about, just hoping that it'll go away with time until it rears its ugly head again. We don't like to think about our sin. We don't like to dwell on it, especially our secret sins. We imagine that they don't exist. They're not a part of who we are, that that we're only saint and not sinner. And so often we try to cover up the times that we do sin, cover up the evidence, delete our browsing history, cover our tracks, but the guilt remains. And as those messes pile up in our hearts, they start to push out And if we consider the reality, the reality that God has seen every single thing that we've tried to cover up, that He is aware of our darkest thoughts and our worst intentions, and if we realize that that it's those same sins that caused His very own Son to be led to the cross, we are dismayed. We may find it hard to look into God's face. But listen to the words that Joseph speaks to his brothers. Joseph says, Come near to me, please. I am your brother, Joseph, whom you sold to Egypt. And now, don't be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here, for God sent me here before you to preserve life. Joseph, the one who these brothers had effectively killed, takes no revenge on his brothers. He doesn't retaliate. There's no hate in his eyes but compassion. And though his brothers feel such a void between themselves and Joseph, Joseph brings them near. He speaks no word of condemnation, but a word of forgiveness and of a larger plan that that God was working in the midst of this mess. And three times, three different times, Joseph has to tell his brothers the same thing. God sent me here. God sent me here. God sent me here to bring life. Yes, you sinned. You sold me here to Egypt, but that couldn't stop God from carrying out his plan. I couldn't get in the way of God accomplishing what he set out to do. This could not stop God from bringing life. When the brothers couldn't look at Joseph's face, instead they heard his grace. And the same is true for you. 
Jesus speaks the very same words of Joseph to you. Jesus says to you, come near to me, please. I am your brother. He says concerning the darkest, deepest, most insidious sin that you have dealt with, that has pained you, and that you've covered up, he says to those sins, do not be distressed or angry at yourselves because of them. Because you put me here, for God sent me here before you to bring life. Our sins may have led to Jesus' crucifixion, but Jesus didn't go there unwillingly. God had a larger plan in view, a bigger plan that he was working out. He was doing something greater. And I feel the need to emphasize that to you this morning, the same way Joseph had to emphasize that to his own brothers. Because I think sometimes we walk around with this notion that that we have to somehow make up for the things that we've done wrong. That we have to amend this broken, sinful life in order to be worthy to receive God's forgiveness. Or that if we're experiencing some sort of difficulty, that this is because God is punishing us for something that we have done. No. No, God punished Jesus for us once and for all. And Jesus went to that cross willingly for you. And from the cross, Jesus echoes Joseph's words to you saying, God sent me here to bring life. You are freed from sin. It has been paid in full. You have life in my name. You are covered by my blood. Your sin couldn't get in the way of my plan of salvation for the world and for you. When you can't bear to look in God's face, look to God's grace for you. You know what that means for us as we move forward? Each time we stumble and fail and fall, we don't have to cover it up. We can admit our own brokenness. We can be open about our brokenness, and then we can speak to the one who has covered us. And that's so different than how the world operates. That is so countercultural. I mean, just think about, think about how many celebrities or public figures, when some scandal from their past gets uncovered, and how quickly the world is to condemn those people. That's not our approach, because that was not God's approach with us. We can connect and, and, and resonate and understand the mess of those people's lives because We've experienced it too. That story of brokenness is our story too. We also know who it is 
who has covered us. And so you can use these opportunities in your life when you can relate to the mess of someone else's life, especially when they're being criticized. You can relate to that and then use it to point to the one who has covered our mess. And in this way, God will have sent you to preserve life. God will have used our mistakes to be moments of grace. Don't spend your time covering your tracks. Rest. Rest in the grace that God freely gives to you. Uncover and reveal to Him those secret sins that you'd rather let be hidden and let Him speak forgiveness to you. Let Him cover you because He already has. In Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding, may it guard our hearts and minds in the one true faith, Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.